Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. I am so stinking happy. Or he's like, can't you wait for the open, Angie? Wait for laughter. Until it's open. And I'm like, well, I can't wait for the laughter. <laughs> now he's even doing my voice of him. <laughs> okay. Where I'm do you ha- get these impressions? <laughs> I make them up. The voice you have of me, like I have no idea who that is. I don't sound like that at all. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's preaching voice. Yeah. One thing was that you want to make Pastor Moreland mad. Let me tell you, you want to make Pastor John A. Moreland mad. This is what you do. You disrespect one of the pearls, one of the pearls in our congregation. They are the elderly lady who beam and shine and bring the love to the heart of this church. Don't disrespect a pearl in front of Pastor John. Who else did I say? The pearls? Pearls, yeah. And kids. Kids so don't hurt and kids. special needs people. And special needs people. Individuals. Yeah. Yes, that's, yes. Yeah, see, he yeah. just said it the other day. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. He said don't disrespect seniors, people with disabilities, or children. You want to make Pastor Moreland I mad? I just hate when people are taking it, defenseless people are taking yes. advantage of. Me I too. Just, yeah. Me too. I can lose it pretty quick. When people scam the elderly, it makes me really upset because they're so limited in their income. And you even said in church the other day, you're like, look, if you want to send, you know, every dime you have, in your rainy day account and all of your life savings to the pastor who tells you that if you send him money that you'll end up with a Mercedes and a house on the hill. You said, that's not a good idea. Uh, it's not of yeah. God. It's, but they, yeah. I know, and they scam. They do. That, to me, is the ultimate scam. When yeah, you take a senior who loves the Lord and thinks, oh, you're telling me to send you my money, and I'll get a special brooch or a pin or something you know, in the mail that'll make me wealthy. That is really mm-hmm. taking advantage of the elderly. I agree. Yeah. I agree. All right, well, don't make it mad, Lisa. I, I promise I won't. <laughs> I'm a kid's height, so yeah, I, I do say, I Lisa's fit? Lisa's the helper. <laughs> kid's height. <laughs> Wait, my husband just did that to me the other day. A couple of my kids had heels on. He goes, "Wow, you you're starting to blend in with the kids." Yeah. <laughs> I'm five feet tall. Yeah, that's tall oh, for me, man. Angie. Yeah, I know it's tall for you. Okay, therapist Lisa Dunning is here. Hello, therapist Lisa. Happy Tuesday, all. And Pastor John Moreland, don't make him angry. A DCBC Denver. <laughs> hello, Christian hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> Happy to have you guys. I have some great stories today, and of course, I have a few topics on Facebook. I said, "Hey, it's Therapy Tuesday. Are there there's some things you'd like to talk about?" And boy, we get some really interesting topics. So we'll discuss some of the things suggested by listeners. And I wanted to start off with something for therapist Lisa, because she takes therapy very seriously. She has a passion for helping others, as do we, Pastor Moreland. But I think we overlook um, sometimes the simplicity of encouragement, right? I'm not talking deep therapy that she does, but there's some encouragement that can be done. And so uh, taking it all the way back, that's how we roll here, taking it back Sesame Street style. We're going to visit Cookie Monster working as not, I don't think he's a professional therapist. I think he's working as a life coach, because you have to have certain degrees for therapy, Elisa. So he's he's a step way below you. There okay, you but I like my cookies too. So. <laughs> so here's just I just thought it was the cutest little thing. Cookie Monster helping others to feel better. 
Hey, Cookie. Hi, Michael. Wow, you know my name already. Yeah, you're Natalie. Yeah. Yeah, me Cookie Monster. Do I just start talking? You, yeah, sure, you can talk. Okay. Me listen. Um, sure. Uh, well... Do you ever try to be somebody that you're not, really, to make other people happy? Oh. Me making same face. Me like face. that face. It's a sad face. I, I just lost another job. Um, Where'd it go? That's a good question. It's when I go to the grocery store, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll load up, I'll buy most of the things, but it's yeah. this, this kind of, this gnawing yeah. hunger that I can only fill if I'm... Eating a cookie, yeah, me know, me know that feeling. Yeah. You're going back to school. I am. Um, okay. It's been about 10 years. Yeah. I feel like I'm on an island that is being deserted. Are there cookies on this island? I don't know what to do, though, cookie. What do you, what do you like to do? I like... You like cookies? So through the conversation, he kind of gets down to you. I'm you. You're what do you like? Like I like cookies. Like who? You're you. What do you like? You know. And he tries to get him to open up Pastor Merlin to their calling in a, in a roundabout way with cookies. You know. But I think we complicate life so many times and feel like we're on an island all alone and lonely. Yeah. And it's like uh, volunteer. You know. I mean, there's like, and uh, you're feeling really low. Get outside and take a walk in the sunshine. Like. A lot of times they're very obvious solutions. And again, I'm not talking about the stuff that Lisa deals with that's real deep, deep down. I'm talking about our everyday bumps in the road when we feel sorry for ourselves, you know? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. So I may have missed it. You may have said it. Is this like a new commercial? Is it a program? What is it? Is it? It's just a YouTube you oh, know, campaign okay. for I happiness. I was sitting here thinking like. Is this a new therapeutic technique that people are really employing? You know? I'm going to use it. Yeah. I do have to say, so you guys don't think I'm crazy, on my phone I have an app on Sesame Street. It's called Breathe, Think, and Do with Sesame Street. So, see, I even go back to the basics, and it's for kids, and it helps them breathe and talk Aww. about their feelings with Sesame Street. So I love I that. I think that's awesome. See, so I like my cookies and Sesame Street, too, even in therapy. Yeah, I, think, I like cookies. Yeah, I, back to I know you do. Yeah, I, I, I like them in therapy, outside yeah. of therapy, <laughs> before <laughs> therapy, after therapy. I might like, need therapy for my cookie okay. liking. We should do like a cookie hour after church, like instead of donuts, because you can make we can make our own homemade cookies. Yeah. And we, everybody could bring like a dozen, have a little cookie exchange after church. We should That'd do be that. cool. Yeah. yeah, I never That's see a, a measurable idea. person baking cookies. Do you? I no. think it makes you happy, True. right? True. Well, because you give them to people, they get right? happy. So there's a lot, yeah. and it yeah. probably reminds you of your childhood. <laughs> We're on to Smells, something. Right? Smell, Mary, kidding Definitely. me? Definitely. Yeah. In fact, now when they sell homes for open houses, they'll right? they'll bake cookies. Definitely. To my, live I have there. A 15, my 15 year old daughter wants to be a pastry chef, and so she bakes ah. a lot. Oh. And cookies, chocolate chip cookies, are one of her specialties. She Yum. sells them actually. Oh. People love them. Love that. Yeah. Hey, B, oh, I know, but you, I was going to say after church we could sell them too, but Pastor Morrill always says, we're not a church where you do a chicken fry yeah. to raise money. Tides yeah. and offering. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Apparently you grew up with some chicken fries or from like dinners to raise money or well, car washes. Yeah, we, were, we probably weren't taught the best biblical stewardship in the world. And so, you know, you wind up trying to augment the, the church's obligations with car washes and dinners and all this other stuff and it's just unbiblical because i I, an I didn't grow up in a church like that so i always laugh when pastor morley goes there's no chicken fry this sunday we're raising money to ties and offering offerings <laughs> that's it, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> okay so i wanted to broach a topic with you guys it's been in the news for about a week now maybe not quite a week but it was kind of a disaster but i really wanted pastor morland's take on it because if you don't know from pastor morland you know if you don't know him he's african-american i am white i am a short blonde lady Right? Yes. Lisa? You and are. you are short, short 
brunette lady. Yes. So with that said, the whole Starbucks race relations campaign, Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, has done a lot of good things, like by giving people benefits that don't work uh, full time, really opening you up to making a decent living and being able to go to college in a part time job. Um, and, and they open conversations sometimes like uh, that are political. For instance, you may not like this one as a former police officer and a still current military man. I think they said something like, even if a concealed weapon is legal in the state that you go to a Starbucks, we don't want guns in our store. So they've gotten into um, the climate, political climate, right? So they started this campaign. Do you know about this uh, a yeah, race the, relations the race, campaign? Yep, yep. And I forget what they write on the cup, but I'll look it up while we're listening to this. And so they got a lot of flack. In fact, the VP even had to uh, take his Twitter account down because people were like, oh, you want us to talk about how white privilege has brought us down? You know, and like all these comments to like, what are you talking about? But I think Howard Schultz's heart was in the right place. They're known for hiring minorities. They're, you know, a company that is very welcoming to people. And so um, in this race relations campaign, they got a lot of flack. So they they decided they were going to stop it this week. Race okay. together. That's yes. what they were writing on there. Yes, cup. they write in the cup race yeah. together. Okay, so an amateur <clears throat> reporter, just for fun, uh, went into New York City. Well, that's not a place where you really want to, like, you know, bother someone with, hey, I don't know you, but let's talk about race relations. So anyway, in New York City, they, she went um, to Starbucks to Starbucks, a little blonde lady like myself, and started asking the baristas the question that supposedly was opened up about, hey, let's talk about race relations. Well, keep in mind, it's New York. People haven't had their coffee yet. The Starbucks are packed. Everyone's busy and these poor baristas have been told oh well let's open this conversation you can tell by the reception she gets they have no interest whatsoever in in talking about this that they're very uncomfortable one guy even tells her to call press relations you know (laughs) so just take a listen to the keep in mind the chaos people are wanting coffee she's trying to open the conversation that howard schultz their ceo said that they should that they they would talk about okay and by the way this isn't today this is a few days ago so the campaign was just starting so take a listen what do you think about like race uh, relations in America right now I'm not I love everybody most of the customers that come here it's like this is your first act interaction in the morning yeah so it's like hey good morning I want a coffee but. Let's talk about racial issues. I yeah, I don't know. You know yeah, I, mean? like, I know. I, I kind of weird. What do you think about like white privilege stuff? Yeah. So like, do you think that like like white people have an advantage over? That I don't know. Yeah. Like, what would be an example of an okay question? Well, I mean, if you want, you can take a look at the papers. I don't think about like white privilege. She's basically saying step off. And another guy in another clip says something to the effect of, I don't know about why don't you call Unimedia Relations or yeah. PR or whatever? Because you know, a lot of companies are taught don't talk about company inner workings, call the public Publicity, or sure. we'll get in it's trouble. Kind of and you line. can tell these poor baristas, they don't want to talk about white privilege and race relations and what they talk. It is a, it puts you in the most uncomfortable position because you're not in like, a, we just had dinner, Pastor Moreland. Right. We didn't talk about it one single time. Right. But we could have. I mean, I'm Yeah, we could have. Yeah. yeah, but that's different. Yeah, but I, mean, I understand what you're saying. And she even told her, step back. It's busy. Like, get away from the counter <laughs> and stop talking about our race relations campaign. So my thoughts. Um, first of all, I, I don't know. I didn't see this particular clip, so I don't know this reporter's idea behind it. 
Um, but I, I think it is always easy for people to want to be a naysayer about something and exploit it, right? So it's easy to walk in and say, this isn't going to work. Let me exploit every weakness about it. Let right. me walk in at seven in the morning. And make in the, the baristas feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's easy to do, right? So if that's her motive, shame on her. Um, now, having said that, I think um, Howard, Sch Howard Schultz, right? Yes. I think his idea behind it or, or what appears to be his mindset behind it was admirable and i and i i agree i, I think my his heart, hat off to his courage i think his heart was in the right place right? just I, awkward yeah. i do think we need to have more conversations about race in america and if i'm reading this correctly based on all the tidbits that i've read and gotten from it i'm not sure the idea was to you know stage a a race debate with every person coming in i think the idea was to leverage the notoriety of a company, right, and put their money where their mouth is to say, we are not afraid to bring up the hard issues. Uh, and if a conversation happens to jump off in one of our Starbucks, great, we'll entertain it. I'm not sure, though, the goal was to have, you know, <laughs> a thousand race conversations every day. And, and if the goal of this reporter was to exploit that, then shame on her. But that's the way Howard presented it, race together, and that, you know, hey, open up the conversation with your bar barista about race relations. The way you explained it, Howard Schultz seemed to hire you for his PR team because you explained it in a much more concise manner that makes more sense to me. Yeah. He did say, we're opening up the conversation with our yeah. baristas, our people, and you to have conversations and busy lines about race and we're going to write race yeah. together on the cup yeah like i can see it being a little logo or like a campaign or you know and i do boy it got us talking i've talked sure. about it about four times on my shows because it got a little crazy what do you think about a therapist lisa i don't know i have mixed emotions about well, you're it you're from the northeast you know I'm nobody from wants new york to, nobody right? messes around before no. coffee <laughs> you don't mess around with a new yorker yeah. you know everything that's happening race related with the police officers and i just think it is a definitely a hot topic i don't know if arboristas in, in starbucks are the ones that are going to be educated enough to bring that topic to light so that's one the other thing i, I guess i have an issue with you know we talk about kids don't see color they just see people they don't either My and kids i don't do not know how you know why bring race to it versus let's have open conversations in general with people how many times in starbucks do you just go on your chair and you have your laptop up you know and no one communicates so i don't know i don't know what the goal is i i don't feel like that's going to bring people together because i already feel like there's a and, and Pastor Moreland, you could you could step in. This is just my, <laughs> this is my sure. white take on it. You know, obviously never being a black person, sure. so it's definitely different. So I don't know. I I just feel like how do we just more come together as people? You know, and maybe that's I think it's not interesting realistic. what you say about kids because I do believe I was brought up in a household that did not see color. Mm -hmm. I didn't even hear racism or know anything about it till I was about 19. I was going on a trip with a group of my friends from college, and all of us were driving together down to a location, all just friends. And one of two of my friends are African Americans. So we had a group of about six of us, and I heard someone use a derogatory term, the N word, in about one of my friends, mm -hmm. and I about fell over because I'd heard about it like in books. You know, but I didn't know people actually spoke like that. My stepmother's from Iran. I grew up in a house where my father was a professor, part of my childhood. So I was around a lot of students from other countries. So I didn't know that was part of like an upbringing. So this is what I say to Hope the other day. And this is how little my see kids see color. I said, um, 
this little boy is so stinking cute in her class and he always wants to be in her pictures and she's like a head and a half taller than he is and he has a crush on her and he always, every time I bring my camera out he's at her side with a giant smile on his face and I can't resist because he's so stinking cute he's in every picture I try to take in her classroom so she says Isaiah wants to have a play date after school and he called the house and she's seven you know and uh, I thought well that's kind of cute I said is that that cute little African American boy because I'm trying to like figure out which one he is I'm assuming that's her friend that won't get out of my pictures right yeah. <laughs> So she says, Mom, he's not African-American. He's a boy. Oh, I <laughs> and so I thought, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. Funny that, you know, here I'm trying to give him a label. And she's like, right. he's not African-American. He's a boy. Yeah. You know, like I'm that's trying to awesome. give some other alien gender that mm -hmm. she's like, what? What? You're crazy. He's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the space we do need to live in. Uh, and, and the one that kids, generally speaking, live in. I do think we need to have a conversation about race relations in America. And, and I probably, I don't know, my goal is to try to have balance in everything I think about and say. Chuck Swindoll said something one time, and it's one of my mantras of life that I really try to employ. He said, always prefer balance to extremes. No matter what you're talking about, I gotcha. always prefer balance to extremes. So I think this race conversation in America, and I say this as a black man and I won't take it back, I think it's been exploited on both sides of the house, and it's being leveraged for selfish um, gain, notoriety, 15 seconds of fame, whatever you want to call it, on both sides okay, of the house. Okay, explain it. Explain that. Well, I, I think... Because um, I know you're not taking it back. He goes, I'm not taking yeah, it back. I, I, I get in trouble on both sides of the house, uh, but I get in trouble a lot from the black community. Um, I, think, I think too many uh, black people are willing to call white people racist too quickly. And I think too many white people are willing to call black people militant uh, too quickly, uh, right? Okay. And so in my opinion, I, I don't think most people are inherently evil. Either. Yeah, yeah, I evil think, or either. Like, I don't know, most people well, aren't on either far extreme. There are some people on both sides, yeah. but I think most of us reside way more in the middle. I don't think most people are inherently evil. I do think all of us are inherently ignorant. And so we only know what we're taught. I mean, you know, you can people can say what they want to say. Knowledge doesn't spontaneously combust. Everything we know, everything we do, every habit we have, every uh, thinking pattern that we form, we only know what we are taught, right? And so in my opinion, what we need to do is we need to sit down and talk to each other rather than talking at each other. But we have so exploited this conversation that everybody's gone to their neutral corner and they're saying, well, I don't want to be labeled a racist. I don't want to be labeled a militant. And I they're don't nervous. Be labeled this. And we're not talking. We're not they're talking. They're nervous. I think that's it, Angie. They're afraid, they're afraid to bring up a conversation and ask yeah. questions about race, yeah. you know? We're not talking. I agree. Yeah. But do you think Starbucks is where we start? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm not even sure if, if I could talk to Howard Schultz that he would say, I think Starbucks should be the authority on race relations, right? right? I think what he's trying to say is, again, we've, we're a big company, we're well known, we've got some resources, and, and I'm going to bring that to bear as best I know how to start a conversation about this or to invite other people to talk about this. And if that was his motive, and I'm making some positive presumptions on, on his part, if that was his motive, I take my hat off to that and I admire that. 
and I think a lot of us could do well to follow suit in that. Yeah, and I think that, too, for corporations to come out on a, with a stance on anything is always risky. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of companies that real, feel, feel real passion, passionately about a topic, they risk criticism by coming out. Yeah. Now, Starbucks is doing fine. You know, right. they, they, a lot of people buy their $12 coffees. And um, <laughs> so they're fine. But, you know, to come out and, you know, on a topic that is going to stir up emotion and maybe controversy, and it has stirred up criticism, you know, um, hey, I think his heart was in the right place. And he definitely got a lot of publicity out of this. That's I think they should have sure. stuck with it. Yeah, do you? I do. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe they will. Re- maybe they'll recreate uh, it, redraft it. Yeah revamp it. All right, coming back on Therapist tu- uh, t- Therapy Tuesday, I have several topics that were submitted on Facebook and then I have a couple of good news stories. One about foster grandparenting, which is I just love this story. We'll be right back with the good news. We know Christ loves us and he gave his son for us. His love lives on 810 KLVZ. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you and how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business, infinitenation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. An evening of music and magic featuring national stage and TV magician comedian Mark Robinson and local favorite singer-actor Leonard E. Barrett Jr. are coming to Denver on April 2nd. Enjoy an evening of music and magic to benefit Bessie's Hope, a unique nonprofit organization that enhances the lives of nursing home elders, at-risk youth, and volunteers of all ages. Go to Bessie'sHope.org or call 303-830-9037 for more information. This is a good place. I really like it. This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Break and sorting the different Brick Break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. 
Easter has become almost, well, it's a springtime Christmas. You wake up, stumble blurry-eyed down the stairs to gather your bounty that's been delivered by some mythological creature. Along with all the new goodies, you get new church clothes and have a big meal with loved ones. Well, there's thousands of homeless in the metro Denver area that don't have those luxuries. But with a gracious gift of $1.92 from you, the Denver Rescue Mission will provide them with a hearty meal for one of those homeless individuals. Put one less chocolate egg in that basket and put some great food in a hungry belly and love in a thankful heart. That $1.92 is going to go a long way to help the people that don't have anywhere else to go and call the Denver Rescue Mission home. Along with that wonderful Easter meal, the mission's Easter celebration includes the homeless having the opportunity to have their feet washed, just as Christ washed the feet of the disciples. As we remember the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us, perhaps we can join together and sacrifice financially to help out those around us who needed the most. For more ways you can help and to donate your $1.92 or more, all the details can be found at denverrescuemission.org. Proclaiming the love of Christ. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back. We've got a couple of uh, questions, a couple topics that are pretty serious off of Facebook, but I wanted to start with something that's really close to my heart. And I know, Pastor Morton, from your comment in church on Sunday about um, our, our seniors group, the Pearls, um, that you love seniors, so do I. I just think they're so interesting and sure. wise. And yeah. I love talking to them. I love talking to my dad and getting, I don't know, he's, he listened to my show this morning because my show is on the Denver affiliate now, too, and around the country, Daybreak USA. And uh, my stepmom wrote, oh, he's so impressed, Angie. <laughs> yeah, he's impressed, Angie. She always goes, um, Angie. Uh, she's from uh, Iran, I'm sure. Now she, I, she has the same accent you do, Jorge. Apparently, I'm not good at all the different accents. She says, uh, uh, Faith told her once, speaking of race relations, that she had big eyes like an like an alien. Well, she was like four, and I'm like, well, you don't say that to your you know grandmother, step grandmother. And she goes, Oh, Faithy, I do have big eyes like an alien. And you know what? I am a legal alien. I married Grandpa, so I am a legal alien. <laughs> and I thought. She's got the best sense of humor. <laughs> I am a legal alien. So anyway, um, my dad listened to the show this morning, got a real kick out of it. I just love seniors and their wisdom and all they have to give to us. And I think that they sit in the corner at church sometimes or wherever. And we, I think, Pastor Merle, we should explore, I don't know, whether it's mentoring or foster grandparenting or just a neat little talk we could do. I would get involved in that yeah. where we kind of share some of our life experiences and what our passion is for educating others. You know, I'm not a senior, but I just think people that we feel have had a, a road in life with a neat testimony to have your mom come up and talk about when your dad got sick and then all of a sudden having the responsibility of raising kids on her own and, you know, how she led you to the Lord through, you know, her upper. I don't know. I just think we need to pick their brains. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, they are treasures waiting to be explored. Yeah. One of the things I've figured out, I think, about seniors, though, is you have to invite them in. At some point in life, they begin to feel like they're a burden, yeah. and no one wants to feel that way. So I'm noticing this tendency to kind of back Slink off, back. right? And so I'm learning that you have to be intentional about making them feel wanted and inviting them in. That's a good um, point. Yeah, we're trying to do a better job of that. 
I like that. Well, I'm I'm open to opening that conversation up. I came across this. Well, first of all, I came across a foster grandmother who's now, I think she's turning 106 this year. And in the story that I initially found, she was getting a, an award from the DC, Washington, D.C. mayor because not only does she volunteer as a foster grandmother in a special needs school 40 hours a week, she walks there every day. She's 106. Yeah, she just wow. turned, she's turning 106 wow. this month. And um, no one at the school realized she was that old. And Granny like is not about to retire. She said the kids give her like her joy, like her breath of life. And then I found this other story on foster grandparenting, and I arranged for an interview to do um, uh, on Daybreak USA because I was so intrigued by the topic. So I thought, well, I'm going to share this on the good news because what better news than the whole uh, topic of opening the door to uh, really, like you said the treasure chest of the knowledge these people have and intermingling the older generation with the younger generation. And here in Denver, we have a group called Bessie's Hope where they take at-risk youth and team them up with neglected elders who don't get enough visits. And it's like two groups that really need love. So here's a little on foster grandparents first. She's 69 years old and retired, but four days a week, Phyllis Pricer goes back to school to teach young children. Here, baby cakes. Pricer is part of the Senior Corps Foster Grandparent Program in Washington, D.C. We've experienced a great deal, and we can teach others. She's one of a group of 30,000 volunteers age 55 and older who mentor more than 100,000 children a year nationwide. And the instruction goes beyond the ABCs of colors and construction paper. Does Grandma help you learn how to be nice to each other? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Can you spell Boopy? 104-year-old Virginia McLaurin is a foster grandparent, too. Blech. And she says it's not just academics. Kids need to learn social graces in school as well. You're also oh, yeah. teaching them respect. Yes. Respect people. you got to do that. Mean more to you sometime in education. Now, Virginia, the lady who's, uh, I think that might even been her, uh, over 100, she's part of this story as well. And I just was so touched by, boy, they have so much to offer, and they are getting out there and volunteering and still teaching. And I interviewed the woman on the Super Bowl. If you saw Estella's Brilliant Bus, it was a commercial about Microsoft, and it was a woman who retired from 50 years of teaching, and she knew how to drive a bus, and she outfitted this bus with um, for inner city kids with computers and I got to interview her the other day and I said your 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 life sounds so fun and she said every day when you wake up if you have a passion for something mm. every day is terrific that's awesome and she's 70 something I do want to say to add how important it is to have a senior in your life they have a high rate of suicide <gasps> You know, really? depression and suicide, because if you think about it, they feel like, you know, they're a burden to others. They also, they're experiencing a lot of loss. A lot of their friends are dying off. Maybe their significant others where they lived with for their whole life is gone. Feel like they're a burden to their family members. So there's a lot of hopelessness in them. So this is so great for them to see that they are needed and wanted. And I think that makes you younger as a person, feeling like people care about you and want to know about your history and yeah. that you're important again. Yeah. So. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Wholeheartedly agree with, uh, obviously, I don't know the, I didn't know the statistics on suicide was so high uh, in seniors. But again, I just think we're missing something. I, I wish I could get folks in my generation younger to see it's, it's not this obligation, obligational box that you should check in life. It really is fun. It really is enjoyable. It really is 
enlightening to sit down and talk with seniors about, I mean, the things you study in school, they lived. Yeah. Right. My yeah. mom was you said that today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not yesterday in church. Yeah, they lived. They can tell you where they were when Kennedy was killed, when King was killed, when, you know, the attorney general Kennedy was killed. They can tell you where they were when all of those things happened, you know, so. Um, and what life was like. Yeah. Then. Gosh. I, in fact, sometimes I often feel like I was born in the wrong generation. Really? Yeah, it sounds like life was just so you're an old soul. more fun and more pure back then. Which one I don't would know. you use? I'm curious. What do you want to be in if you could be in any generation? Um, I probably would have wanted to be born in the 50s or 60s and coming into adulthood in the 70s. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I like the fifties too. I like those yeah. poodle skirts. Yeah, poodle skirts. <laughs> they're fabulous. I like the yeah. shoes the and the socks, socks. The bobby socks. Yeah, I can't no. see myself in a poodle skirt. But, you know. <laughs> All right, let's listen to a, a part two of foster grandparenting. And I just want everyone to kind of open up their mind. Is there someone like my aunt? You know, she she doesn't ha she lives alone, and they say sixty percent of people in like a, in retirement homes aren't getting regular visits. Some of them not at all. Wow. And that's what Bessie Bessie's hope told me. Uh, so. So let's listen to part two and think about someone in your life you might be able to reach out to. Research shows that this style of teaching is also having a big impact on test scores. The data tells us that children who are touched uh, by foster grandparents have a higher education achievement level. In fact, one study administered by the Corporation for National and Community Service showed that 92% of mentored children in Southern Kentucky improved their math and reading comprehension in a single year. And it's not just the kids who benefit. Older Americans who volunteer report lower levels of depression, increased brain activity, and lower mortality rates. White's good for the window. And it's true for 59-year-old Tony Woods, a retired construction worker. Sure, I know some things, but I'm the ones learning from them. It gives me a feeling of exhilaration. They're sometimes hard to explain. On the bus. Children and grandparents proving together that learning never gets old. This is just one example of mining that, you know, that treasure chest of all the seniors. Um, and I, I, I come across so many. Last week, I just want to mention one woman. She was 91 years old. She became an inventor at 89. And she's actually testing things out on the women in her assisted living facility. She made an airbag that when you fall over, instead of breaking your hip, it's like a wearable airbag. And then other cool devices for seniors to reach things and get lids <laughs> off and stuff like that. When she goes to the tech place in Silicon Valley, she's so beloved by the 20-something inventors who work at this tech firm that a company-wide email goes out to let them know that it's her couple of days she comes in the office because they all come out of their office and want to hug her. And she's so loved that everyone gets the email. She's arrived and she walks to work and she was told when she was a kid that she could not go to school to be an engineer because the engineering schools weren't for girls. Mm. And so she became an, um, an inventor at 89. Mm. She has the best part of her life. It's her fifth career, and she finally gets to be an inventor. Wow. Cool, huh? Wow. Love it. See, you're never too old to start something new. That's, you know, really important for people. You Amen. know, it's funny you say that, Lisa, because I pulled an article today because I'm constantly reading and looking for things, and it was the most fascinating article about 
people who were very well-known and famous that actually became well-known and famous when they were older. And one of them was um, Mr. Croc, and he was the founder of McDonald's, and it talked about how old he was when he um, bought the first McDonald's. And it was like, I'm guessing here, it was around 46. And I pull so many... um, uh, articles that, that now I'm looking for it off the top of my head, but I could not believe it was like 15 people who became famous and successful, or successful, not just famous, in their older um, years. And I was blown away because it was a list of people that you and I would go, oh my goodness, they they started that when they were that old? Here it is, 14 inspiring people, so I was wrong, it wasn't 15, 14 inspiring people who found crazy success later in life. I won't read through the whole list, but I just think that this gives you an idea of how um, how amazing you can be. Martha Stewart, she didn't um, write her first book till she was in her 40s. Wow. Joy Behar from The View, she became a comedian basically and, you know, a, a host in her 40s. You're rolling your eyes. Vera Wang, <laughs> big time. She's in her 60s. She didn't, her, her first accomplishment, she was a figure skater. And then after her 1989 wedding at the age of 40, she wanted to be a designer, so she designed her own dress in 89 wow. at the age of 40, Vera Wang. Um, we go to the Zagats, Tim and, you know, the Zagat book on restaurants and all that. They for, they were 42 when they gave up their legal careers to write restaurant guides. Mm-hmm. Zagat guide. I mean, that's like that's like the Bible of restaurants, mm-hmm. you know. if I Can I go there, Pastor Moreland? It's like the official. <laughs> it's, like the, okay, um, it's the holy book of restaurants. Yes. Rodney Dangerfield. He was 46 when he got his big break on the Ed mm-hmm. Sullivan show. Duncan Hines, you know, the recipes and all uh-huh. that. 55, wrote his first food and hotel guide. Wow. It, at 73, licensed his name for cake mix. 73. I mean, how cool is that? It is never too late. All right, we have a very serious topic, and we only have five minutes left, so I'm going to jump ahead to this particular question on Facebook, okay? Maybe we better save this when we only have four minutes. We're going to save it for next week. Let's hit it. You want to do it? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) It's a very serious topic, so I got this email. And it has to do, it says, I don't know if this is appropriate for the radio, but yes, it, it is. We're making it appropriate for the radio because I'm tired of people taking issues that are like, ooh, we can't talk about that. Well, someone's suffering right now. And we've talked about post-abortion recovery. We're not condoning abortion, but we're saying a lot of women had them and they're suffering because they're hiding in shame. And we've talked about addictions, but one addiction that everybody kind of glosses over is what this particular person says. I don't know if a subject is appropriate for air. We discovered our son has an addiction to pornography and he's only 17. So obviously, parents, we've got about a three-minute topic here of it is an adult topic. Uh, we know it's primarily caused by his issues with his birth mother. We're finding the right treatment and therapist very tricky considering he's young. She's very concerned that there's no regulation when it comes to viewing this adult online material. You just check a box saying that you're 18. We thought we'd blocked everything on the computer, but material comes through regardless. What are some resources for these addictions without being grouped into a sex addiction category? She doesn't want the sex 17 year old to be in you know in a group where he feels you know he wants to feel yep. comfortable talking about this issue pastor Moreland. so let's try to tackle it first of all if he's got an addiction he's got an addiction don't run from that uh, otherwise that's the beginning place of being healed so if he's an addict he's an addict then he may need some treatment um, secondly a couple good resources one there's a study out a christian study called every man's battle and it gives you practical tools and techniques about how to uh, deal with and stay away from uh, lustful situations. And so it helps you with that. And then computer-wise, there is a program out called Covenant Eyes, covenanteyes.com. You can download it. 
uh, to any computer, PC, Mac, and it sets up accountability with other individuals. So when something does come through or you do go to somewhere that you shouldn't be, uh, it'll flag it and, and send an email. And of course, those accountability partners can go on without something being flagged and just check your history at any time. And there's a 12 step um, therapy program. Celebrate as well. recovery. Celebrate recovery. Several of my friends have been through it for various issues, and it's for all kinds of different hurts and hangups. We're launching one of those at the church, by the way. I know. And I'm the one that I had you in here before you'd heard about it. I'm so excited you're launching it because I had some people in here from Celebrate Recovery. And I said, Pastor Warren, stick around. I want you to know about this 12 step. Do you remember that? Yeah, I actually learned about it in seminary. Um, so I'm sorry. When I had yeah. all these guys in here, I asked Pastor Moreland to but stay a that. couple years back. Yep. And uh, so I'm really excited you guys are going to be offering that. I think there are a lot of hurting people who are afraid of 12-step programs. And to be able to go into a Christ-based program for a Christian is a huge deal. Therapist Lisa? No, I, I definitely agree. And he could go to any 12-step program. It, you know, you're learning about new coping skills and triggers, so that's really important. And I do want to say that with the internet out there, we're going to hear more kids having this addiction. Absolutely. So yeah. he, the worst thing about addiction is when you isolate yourself. So get him the help. You know, yeah, it's not I, embarrassing. Yes, and not just hiding it like, oh, no. that's a teenage thing. Let's just try to you know hide it and or forget about exactly. it. And the other thing, if you if your kids have tablets, I mean, my kids got a tablet. Tablet, and I just read this article about a second grader, a friend of his at school had downloaded adult material, and then the dad put some uh, software on his son's school tablet to block it, and the teacher took it off because of school regulations. So don't just assume that the school is protecting your kid. You've got to protect your kid. My second and third graders have tablets that don't have blocking mechanisms on there. Oh, therapist Lisa Dunning, how do we reach you? Life Support Behavioral Institute, 888-516-5995. And Pastor John Moreland, Denver. DenverBible.org. DenverBible.org. Thank you. The Love of Christ, 810 AM, KLVZ. An evening of music and magic featuring national stage and TV magician comedian Mark Robinson and local favorite singer-actor Leonard E. Barrett Jr. are coming to Denver on April 2nd. Enjoy an evening of music and magic to benefit Bessie's Hope, a unique nonprofit organization that enhances the lives of nursing home elders, at-risk youth, and volunteers of all ages. Go to Bessie'sHope.org or call 303-830-9037 for more information. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just... I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning. And I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. This is a good place. I really like it. 
This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Break and sorting the different Brick Break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. Easter has become almost, well, it's a springtime Christmas. You wake up, stumble blurry-eyed down the stairs to gather your bounty that's been delivered by some mythological creature. Along with all the new goodies, you get new church clothes and have a big meal with loved ones. Well, there's thousands of homeless in the metro Denver area that don't have those luxuries. But with a gracious gift of $1.92 from you, the Denver Rescue Mission will provide them with a hearty meal for one of those homeless individuals. Put one less chocolate egg in that basket and put some great food in a hungry belly and love in a thankful heart. That $1.92 is going to go a long way to help the people that don't have anywhere else to go and call the Denver Rescue Mission home. Along with that wonderful Easter meal, the mission's Easter celebration includes the homeless having the opportunity to have their feet washed, just as Christ washed the feet of the disciples. As we remember the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us, perhaps we can join together and sacrifice financially to help out those around us who need it the most. For more ways you can help and to donate your $1.92 or more, all the details can be found at denverrescuemission.org. 8, 10 a.m., KLVZ. Love lives here. Welcome back to the good news. Well, the good news is that many of us are blessed to have the older generation in our lives, and that means grandparents around our children. And uh, Michelle Ron, Miss Senior America, and also teacher, she uh, is a former teacher but still teaches teachers about discipline, uh, she and I are really on a kick this year about uh, expressing how important the relationship between grandparents and the older generation and the grandkids, the kids, is. And uh, you told me, Michelle, that you wanted to talk today about not only is it an important relationship that had a huge impact on you when you were younger, but that the older generation and the, and the kids, the grandkids, they actually have a lot in common. <laughs> I think we have a whole lot in common. As a senior, I can relate to that toddler pretty much about almost everything. So I do think we're similar, and I see it um, because I have worked with children for a gazillion years, and I am now presently working with seniors. I just thought it would be fun to think, okay, how many ways are we similar? And also because according to, I read this article by, I think it was, it's called PEW Research Center, one out of every eight Americans, 40 to 60, age 40 to 60, is raising a child and caring for a parent at their house. You know, these numbers, they're just going to rise as our population ages, that sandwich generation is there. So I think there's a lot of hardness about that, but I also think there's a lot of fun things to see the similarities. Um, so with that in mind, I would say that, gosh, both generations, I find us resilient. I think that we're basically happy. I think we love to play games. 
Um, every, pretty much everything's a cause for celebration. You know, as a yes. senior, I'm willing to celebrate every day. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> see. I me. see your pictures at Disney World all the yes. time, and you said I never get sick of this place. And I'm like, I'm going to be just like Michelle when I'm a grandma. <laughs> I never do, you know, and I'm delighted that we can play, and I think that we need to concentrate on that plane. Um, we we just generally need to combine with each other. Uh, I think it's very important for the younger generation to have the wisdom of we seniors. If we've done anything, we've learned what to do or what not to do, and to not share that knowledge, I think, is a travesty. I think we need to learn from each other, and the older generation oh my goodness, do we look upon this younger generation with smiles and with thoughts? I think my personal feeling is that the younger generation is facing a harder world than I had to face. Mm -hmm. I think they're facing challenges that I most certainly never had to face. When I was young, you passed a note in school and Maybe three or four people saw it. Maybe the teacher got a hold of it. But today, for a, a youngster to place something on social media, it's out there forever, forever, yeah, yeah. and uh, seen by thousands of people. So there's, there's a lot of challenges. I think we need to work together to help each other. Well, I think, too, that relationship, I, I, I stress this many times, that if there's a, um, a situation with the in-laws or, you know, there's distance or maybe you don't get along with them, do not punish your children because mm. you, you need to set sometimes your own feelings aside and let the kids mm -hmm. and the grandparents have a relationship because I have to tell you, my son loves my mother-in-law, I think, as much as he loves me. And mm -hmm. he is just mm -hmm. so crazy about her. And then my daughter, Faith, is so close to my mother that she will say repeatedly that um, mommy and grand grand are my favorites. Like in life, mm. she loves us the most. And mm -hmm. I see my little five-year-old, now six-year-old uh, Faith, her relationship with my mom is very similar to the relationship I had with my mom when I was little because I was an only girl and she and I yeah. did everything together. And Faith and Grand Grand just the other day made Rice Krispie bars for her birthday together. They sleep in the same room. They read at night. They play games together. I mean, they mm -hmm. are literally inseparable. And Faith doesn't think any other kid can sleep in the same room when Grand Grand <laughs> stays over because she thinks Grand Grand belongs to her. That's how mm -hmm. close they are. And I just mm -hmm. see such a beautiful friendship between them. But I really think it also, um, as much as it gives to Faith in terms of, you know, the love that she receives and the patience and the fun, because Grandma does everything for her. Whatever Faith wants to do, Grandma's got time. Grandma's got time sure. and patience. Um, but also sure. I see Faith keeping my mother going. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. What a blessing for everybody, everybody concerned in what you have just described. It's good for everybody and for us, for we as seniors to be needed is important and for a young child to be needed yeah. is so important so yes. it, that's just a win-win for everybody there and uh you know both of those generations that you're describing we're we really are pretty smart both generations can blow you away with the knowledge and, yes. and we need to give them credit for that and you know, there's a lot of times that you question both generations, like about apparel or what they're wearing. Are you sure you want to wear that? Or do you want to grab a sweater? Well, nope, I don't. You know, it's it's just fun to, to watch the two. But 
what a blessing you are to have that relationship with your mom and with your mother-in-law for your children. That's, well, and, that's and listen to this. My father-in-law, um, Grandpa Eddie, is planning a trip with my um, with my husband and my son. And Riley is planning it for six months. And they are taking a Jeep to Moab. And Grandpa's got wow. it all planned out. They're going to do it in the fall. And Riley already, um, he, he told Grandpa he's going to look for dinosaur bones. He's going to mm-hmm. um, look for gold. And he's going to get to, they're going to, going to bring, uh, much to my dismay, guns, and the, he's going to have a knife that he gets to have on the trip. And for him, like, this is the most exciting adventure in the history sure. of a nine-year-old's life to be able to go on a Jeep trip with his that his grandpa built. His grandpa built the Jeep. Wow. It was my husband's high school Jeep. And the three generations, they will remember this for the rest of their lives. That's a gift. That's a gift. Good for them. Good for them. You're very fortunate. And the planning. You know what? Hey, it takes effort, Michelle, as you know, to go and make these trips and see the relatives. But make the effort. Be inconvenienced because your kids, the memories they have, uh, will never fade. And what they learn from this generation is so precious. Michelle, Ron, if people would like you to come to a speaking event, how do they find you? www.michellearon.com. Thank you. Make a great choice today. I will. Thanks, Michelle. Love you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.